Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is episode 117 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Servich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. Um, it is only Linda and I this week. Kellyanne is sick. Best wishes to Kellyanne. <laughs> she has no yeah, voice at the well, moment. Get well, Kellyanne. Yeah, she has no voice at the moment. So uh, it's just a two, it's a two-woman show this week. Um, but uh, we can cover a lot with just two of us. And... One of the things that we have to talk about is that spring training games against actual opponents have begun. Baseball is like actually back. It's actually happening. <laughs> yes. Um, so we've gotten to see, you know, the two headed Cy Young monster that is Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom um, both. Um, and they both looked amazing. Um, Max Scherzer pitched yesterday. Um, and apparently he gave up one run against the Marlins in the first inning in which his velocity was like 92 ish and Mets Twitter, like promptly lost its entire marbles. Um, he's broken season over like guys, please chill. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first game of spring. (laughs) Like, I mean, I think we all have a certain amount of PTSD when it comes to the Mets and like everything's the end of the universe. But, um, yeah, he promptly after that through four scoreless, uh, uh, and then he was touching 96 and it was fine and he looked great. And, and he like struck out like everybody. Yep. Yep. Five innings, one run, five innings in his very first spring training start. <laughs> one yeah, run. He, dude's just a mania. <laughs> I know. Like yes. who does that? That's insane. <laughs> Um, and then to follow that up, Jacob deGrom pitched today and looked extremely like Jacob deGrom. You love to see it. Um, also striking everybody out. He threw two innings, uh, two scoreless innings. Uh, he did give up one double to Lewis Brinson of all people who, you know, he, Lewis Brinson has seen a lot of deGrom. So maybe of all people, he would be the one, um, even though he's on the Astros now, he spent many years with the Marlins. Uh, so he's seen Jake a lot. Um, but yeah, Jake looked. Jake looked like Jake. He was painting the corners. He looked really awesome. And there was the a um, there was that funny moment between him and Scherzer where Scherzer was like basically dared him to throw a first pitch curveball. So he said, "All right, I'll throw a first pitch curveball." And he did. <laughs> so he did for a strike. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was because Gary was like, "Is that curveball? He only threw like three of those last season." 
know, it's his fourth best pitch, but it's still elite. Like it's elite. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, yeah, because yeah, then he said they still, like they showed it, and then he looked over at the dugout and like started laughing. I'm like, okay, I already like this dynamic. I like where this is going. I this can be a fun season. Yeah, yeah, and like it, it it's cool to think that they're constantly going to be trying to outdo each other. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like we have two of the best pitchers in baseball, arguably the two best pitchers in baseball, all on the same staff, which is something else. Um, well, and I also liked in like 2018, um, you know how they had to like do like a big, you know, Cy Young show when they obviously gave Jake the Cy Young, and Scherzer was like in the Bahamas. He didn't even bother showing up. Like he knew Jake had it. <laughs> right Uh, it seems like there's always been like that mutual respect between the two of them and like now they get to like actually like you know I don't want to say benefit from it because I think when they were competing against each other you know they still tried to outdo each other but now like it's more more playful and more fun and we get to benefit we all benefit now we all benefit it's more friendly um And, and Max Scherzer said, like, it's, it's, it's fun when the New York fans are behind you instead of, you know, on the other side, which is, which was funny. Well, Um, then another time he was like, I can't wait to hear fans telling me how much I suck again. (laughs) I hope that doesn't happen. No, God, Um, please. Please, no. Um, It won't be New York fans this time. It'll probably be like Philly. (laughs) Yeah, Phillies. Yeah, for sure. Um. Other other notes, obviously, Jake and Max are kind of the two highlights of the spring so far. Um, but David Peterson also pitched um, and he was somewhat shaky in his first outing on Sunday. But like, you know, a like, look who we're comparing him to. And B, you know, it is the first spring training start. I know everybody like freaks out, but, you know, I think it's fine. Um uh, the Mets hit three home runs in the first inning against Josiah Gray in the very first spring training game on Saturday. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josiah Gray and the Nationals, Luis Guillorme, Dominic Smith, and our friend Nick Plummer all hit um, all hit home runs against Josiah Gray. Um, and Dominic Smith has looked awesome mm-hmm. so far this spring. Um, a, a lot. He's he's the official in the best shape of his life guy this spring. <laughs> Um, every like Keith, Keith even said it in today's broadcast about like, Oh, Dominic is in the best shape I've ever seen him coming into spring training. And, uh, he already has like two home runs and a double. So, um, looking like a strong spring for Dominic Smith, which hopefully pretends well for the season. Um, well, I mean, take it with a grain of salt because it was Martino, but he said the plan is to bring Dom, JD and McNeil up North when the season starts so <laughs> yeah well <laughs> again it was a martino report but yeah i mean like yeah i i think that if the mets were going to trade one of those guys they probably would have already i yeah. think that um i think that you know maybe if they had gotten a return that they liked the look of they would have traded one of them already but they clearly either are now disinclined to trade them or just don't like the returns that they're seeing um, that teams are proposing to them. So um, it seems like they're just standing pat for good or for bad. Um, I do think that like they are kind of like one bat short of a decent offense. Um, But 
you know, just one really, but their, their, their depth is pretty thin, especially in the outfield. Well, I guess technically JD and Dom can play left. Uh, more so Dom than JD. Uh, JD's a third baseman, uh, but I, it, yeah, I mean, in a pinch in an absolute emergency, yes, but you ideally don't want that to happen all that no. often. No, no, no. Um, oh, I mean, Conforto is still out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Conforto is still unsigned. He's basically the only major free agent still unsigned, um, which is interesting. Um, my dad and I had a conversation about this recently about, um, Scott Boris, who is very good at his job, but it's seemingly every year one Scott Boris client holds out and doesn't sign until like May. And this year that might just be Michael Conforto. Um, who knows? But is there any even interest in it? Cause like all the teams that seemed like they were interested in him signed somebody else, like the Philly signed Schwarber. The, uh, the Giants signed somebody. I can't remember who the Giants signed. But it's like, where who's left? Yeah, See, there's really not a logical landing spot for him. I mean, not the Mets. <laughs> he would fit their roster. But um, yeah, it's unclear what will happen. Um, it, it, it was interesting because there was really no market for him all winter. And then there were a bunch of teams seemingly interested now that he was kind of the last game in town, but there still hasn't been any movement on it. Oh, the Rockies, they were interested, but they're not going to spend any more money after they're done. Yeah. So I don't know. Like the White Sox showed some interest, but I haven't heard anything since. Mm -mm. So we'll see. I mean, Scott Boris might have overplayed his hand, but maybe not. We'll see. Um, meanwhile, I mean, when it comes to the Mets and their outfield depth, um, Starling Marte, like just started swinging, um, because he came into camp with like a sore oblique that they say is fine, but he is slightly behind everybody else. Um, so if he, they still say that he like should be ready for opening day. Um, but if he's not, then the Mets are in a position where you've got like Travis Jankowski or something playing. I can't believe I can't believe they've Travis Jankowski. Yep. He's the one that was um that got tagged out at second last year. Sure did. <laughs> that, like, like he kept running. <laughs> it yep. was like a whole yakety sacks routine. Yep. And he's probably gonna make the Mets. Like, oh, like, God. I, like the Mets don't have a fourth. I mean, like Dominic Smith is the fourth outfielder, yes, but oh. they don't really have like a fourth outfielder guy i mean i probably they just optioned so that's out yeah i was gonna say i thought i thought that nick Plummer was gonna be that guy but he was optioned he was cut oh he was yeah he was sent he was sent the so far the spring training cuts are as far as i can tell jordan yamamoto thomas sapucky travis blankenhorn ronnie mauricio mark vientos khalil lee nick Plummer, patrick mazika and jose budo there's 51 players in camp, at least as of earlier today. There might have been more cuts since I looked this up earlier today in this afternoon. But oh. those were the cuts as of then. Well, yeah. So Jankowski. <laughs> and the and the rosters are gonna be 28, we just learned. Uh, yeah. until May 1st. So like I like. Jankowski almost has to make the team if it's 28 guys. 
Hmm. Is he a lefty or a righty? I don't actually know that off the top of my head. He might be a righty. He's a lefty. Oh, is he? Yeah. Bats left throws right. Oh, he's got to be below Dom. Like, I mean, does it even matter? I mean, they don't really need pinch hitters anymore, so who cares? Yeah, yeah right. Um, but yeah, I those are the cuts. Um, the other news from today, like Mets news, although it's it's like across baseball, this is happening. Today was the deadline to settle with arbitration players. Um, and so the, as of the as of when the Mets uh, game started this evening, the spring training game, when Jake was pitching as of this evening, um, we're recording this on Tuesday evening. Um, the Mets had reached an agreement with all their players aside from Chris Bassett. Um, Who now they're taking to arbitration. They are. <laughs> yes. That, that was reported. Dang. I, 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 I well, had, that was at least the speculation, but yeah, I I'm mean like, sure. Yeah. All we, all I had seen was a, a tweet from I forget who who said that the Mets had had agreed with all their players except Chris Bassett and I didn't know whether that meant like we'll find out later that they did agree with Chris Bassett and they just took it down to the wire or like they're going to arbitration but I suppose they're going to arbitration with Chris Bassett so that's a way to start things off on the right foot with your yeah third starter (laughs) missing Like, oh, we wanted you, but really not. But we don't think you're worth that much. Like, what? <laughs> I know, right? I know. Ugh. I guess we'll see how that shakes out. But Although I am glad that they tendered a contract to Lucchese because there, yes. uh, there was some, since he would be out with Tommy John for most of the year, but they did tender him a contract. So Lucchese, he'll be hopefully around in August. <laughs> Apparently he'll be playing for Italy in the world baseball classic under Mike Piazza. <laughs> Is he? Well, they, uh, the tweet was, I forget. I think it was a Decomo tweet. I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone tweeted that Mike Piazza was managing Italy for the world baseball classic and Trey Mancini Orioles player already agreed to play. And that uh, he was re- trying to recruit from Mets camp. Cause Mike Piazza's at Mets camp. He was interviewed today during the spring training game um, from Mets camp. He was trying to recruit like Joey Lucchese and Brandon Nimmo to play for Italy in the <laughs> baseball classic. Okay, go Joey Lucchese. <laughs> so I made, um, Linda, you should have seen it. I made a meme uh, that I shared in Amazing Avenue Slack when when someone posted that tweet. Um, you know the pizza that floats in the ocean and it says oh, sad, yeah, Italian sad Italian noise, noises? noises. I, I put churf over <laughs> Italian, so it was a pizza floating in the ocean. It said sad churf noises. <laughs> Oh man, I'm so sad I missed that. <laughs> it, it's it's some of my best work, honestly. Um, noise. But, oh, Casey. Yeah. Oh, that, speaking of my piazza, like somebody posted a video of like Jake and Scherzer messing around. It was SMI in the dugout. Like they were just chatting. And then somebody goes, Oh, there's Piazza. I'm like, I didn't even realize Piazza was in this video. <laughs> yep. Met great Hall of Famer and totally like just like unimportant in that. Didn't video. even notice him. No, yeah. I <laughs> like that's just it's just the poll that Scherzer and Jake have right now. I know, right? Um 
So speaking of uh, players uh, reaching arbitration, obviously one of the players that the Mets um, agreed with was Pete Alonso. Um, and uh, I had a, l- a little bit of a conversation um, about this with um, Jeff and Jarrett um, for all you kids out there. Um, and I was thinking about it even more. Um, you know, the Matt, the Matt Olson extension that the Braves gave Matt Olson after they acquired him because, you know, they decided not to bring back Freddie Freeman for reasons that remain a mystery to everyone except the Braves. Um, they instead opted to trade for Matt Olson and then extend him. So they've decided that he's their first baseman of the future. Um, and it's sort of to me, indicative of what a Pete Alonso extension might look like, because they're very similar players, um, you know, but I, like, I don't know if it's very likely that the Mets will do that. They haven't really done that with any of their other players. Like they didn't really do that with Nimmo or with Conforto, obviously. Um, so it's, it's kind of, I'm kind of wondering cause Pete Alonzo is kind of the next guy who's a candidate to be extended long-term. Um, they obviously did it with Francisco Lindor, but I think that's like a completely different situation. Um, that's a trade and extend and like a, you know, a, a cornerstone, like huge, huge contract player. Um, Alonso is probably more in the, in the vicinity of Matt Olson. Um, and so I, I'm curious if the Mets will try to do that, but the Sandy Alderson Mets have simply not done that in the past. Well, but didn't we mention this last week too? Like, this is high on life. Pete Alonso just might like take anything. I know, right? Like now would be the time when the guy is just like thankful for every day he's breathing. Yeah. But I don't know. It was just a thought I had. Like, I think that they should, obviously. Yeah. I think the Mets absolutely should extend Pete Alonso. If you think about, like, who who the Mets franchise cornerstones are, like, it's Jacob deGrom, Francisco Lindor, and Pete Alonso. Like, those are the three guys. I mean, obviously, Max Scherzer is just as important as those other three, I think, as far as, like, the success of the team. But obviously, he's not a franchise cornerstone the way the others are because he's not here long-term. He's here three years um because he's near the end of his career hopefully he's still got a lot left in him though because the Mets are relying on that um but you know those are the three guys like the when you think of like the current era of Mets baseball those are the guys um they should lock down Pete long term he's like you know probably the most like the best position player they've developed in some time yeah probably since like I don't know well, maybe Conforto. Yeah, Conforto. Yeah. yeah. But, but, yeah. <laughs> he didn't match, like, Pete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, mean, I Conforto, like seeing, I just want Pete Dingers. That's I know, I right? Just big Pete Dingers. <laughs> Conforto, when he's at his best, is a more well-rounded player than Pete Alonso. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's, like, more of a five-tool type player. Whereas Pete Alonso hits for power and like, that's really, you know, his tool. Um, but you know, he's better defensively at first base than he used to be to his credit to the point where him being the DH is not even in the conversation. Whereas I think that if you asked any Mets fan two years ago, they would have said like, if the universal DH comes to the national league, Pete Alonso would be the Mets DH. I think that most people would have thought that not even like two, three years ago. Um, but it's, it's a testament to what he's done um, to improve his defensive skills. 
So, you know, I mean, like he's an important player to the Mets. There's no reason not to just give him the Matt Olson extension. I think that, you know, that's something that he would take. <laughs> yeah. And like make an effort to keep your stars. Like I get Jake already said he's going to opt out and you kind of have to worry about Jake right now. Like, okay, but multitask here, Sandy, multitask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you'd think they, they would do that, but there's no, there's not really much precedent of the Alderson Mets doing it. So, you know, but also kind of, I don't know if it will end up mattering, but you know, the COVID shortened season in um, 2020 and just like the like weirdness of last year, like if Pete stays a Met his whole career, I could see him being the all time home run leader. Oh, yeah. So I don't know, like that would be exciting to see. He's obviously the single season leader. Yeah. Yeah. So puts up a few more seasons even close to that. And he's already like right at the top. Yeah. And, you know, David Wright was what, missed it by like eight or something? Yeah, something like that. Wow. Yeah, Strawberry is still the home run king, but, um, but yeah, that would be fun to have let Pete get the record. But and I mean, Pete Alonso is a, more of a home run hitter than either of those guys. He just <laughs> needs to have as lengthy of a career and needs to have it as a Met. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just give Pete whatever he wants. He just brings, he's just so earnest and just loves baseball and loves the match. Like, just let the poor polar bear mash for years to come and Seriously. forget about everything else. I know. Um, but speaking of COVID, um, there, um, there was more indications today that the New York City vaccine rule that we discussed last week on the podcast that would affect unvaccinated players, both on the Mets and the Yankees, um, is still in place as of right now. And it seems unlikely to be lifted before opening day, at least if if Eric Adams is to be taken at his word. Um, he seems very like, you know, like committed to sticking to this rule and keeping it in place. Um, cause he says, I've talked to, cause it's not just about sports, right? Like this is uh, businesses in general. Um, yeah. and he was like, I talked to my business re- leaders and they really like this rule because it allows people to return to the workplace and feel safe. Um, and all of that, he said that all in like a press availability today. So, you know, <laughs> hello, remaining unvaccinated <sighs> mess. <laughs> you don't have much time before you start missing games. Yeah. Um, we're going to find out real quick for certain. I mean, obviously we have, we all have our speculations and our rumors and, you know, stuff like that about who is vaccinated and who isn't, but we're about to find out real quick. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't play in New York, <laughs> yep. it's going to look a little suspicious. And if, you know, and if Starling Marte, who is vaccinated, I believe, you know, maybe I think so. I was trying to remember if he was one of the players who straight up said he was, but I can't remember. Um, but like if it, you know, Starling Marte is like a little bit delayed for opening day and certain other outfielders <clears throat> are not vaccinated, then uh, the Mets are going to have a problem in the outfield. Cause they uh, have Francis don't you cover short and center. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, come on guys. All right. 
just just get vaccinated please so we don't have to worry Francisco's about this gonna, like start like a new position that's like short center field left short center <laughs> short field is a position in softball isn't it oh is it yeah I think so so he's playing short field <laughs> short field I think and it might just be like uh you know like little league softball I don't know I thought I thought it was a thing but I don't know enough about softball um, I did like his answer. He goes, I'm vaccinated, so it's not my problem. Yeah, right. I know. That was funny. Oh. I, I was like, oh, you're to go, Francisco. Yeah. It, it really was funny. It's just like, eh, that's other people's problems, not my problem. Not mine. Um, <laughs> Although, it might become your problem, Francisco. You might want to talk to your If the teammate. Mets don't have enough people to field the team, then it becomes his problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's really the state of the Mets right now. We're just um, getting things ramped up for the season. It's a short spring, so everybody's affected by that. Um, Some might be more affected than others. We'll see. We're going to start to see more of the starting staff. I think Chris Bassett's supposed to pitch the next spring training game. Um, So we'll get our first first look at him as a Met, which will be exciting. Um, Get more and more guys in there. Oh, yeah. the other injury update I forgot to mention, um, James McCann was scratched from today's spring training game with a tight back. Um, I have no, no idea how serious it is. Team didn't seem super concerned about it. He's going to get checked out. Um, I think he dealt with some back tightness last season, if I'm remembering rightly. Um, you know, this is <laughs> back tightness is just like stuff that happens in your thirties. <laughs> yeah. Oh and especially God. like the catchers. Like, I feel like it's just like eh, crouching down all day. Back yeah. Like you probably slept back. wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or like he picked down, picked up one of his kids the wrong way. Like, yeah. Right. Um, so we'll <laughs> see uh, what happens with that. And if that becomes more of a serious thing, but hopefully it's just like, you know, put a, put a heating pad on it and call it a day in wider baseball news. We just discussed um, the 28 man roster, which was a thing that we learned today that rosters will be 28 men um, until May 1st. Um, we also learned that they are heaviest of size, uh, bringing back the free runner in extra innings, which I, I thought we had banished to the void. Too. Like, how can you just drop this on us? Like, after spring training's already started. Like, yes, let's please been... let's please change the rules three weeks before the season starts. Yeah, like, come on, thought... two weeks before the season starts. It's Although I did like Whatever. Gary calling it Manfred Man. <laughs> no, I'm definitely calling it the Manfred Man from now on. Yeah, because yes. because Gary gets very pedantic about when they call it the Ghost Runner. Ghost runner. Like, it's not a ghost. It's not invisible. He's I, a man. He's a man. And so Gary started calling it the Manfred man. And so I think I'm going to call it that too, because it's this perfect. is on Rob Manfred. I do not accept this. I <laughs> We don't claim this. No. <laughs> we don't claim Put your this. name on it, Manfred. Put it's your the name Manfred on it. Manfred man. Just, just <laughs> heinous. It's not baseball. I hate it. No. Like somebody said, like, a pitcher could induce two fly balls and lose. Come on. It's bullshit. It's the worst. It sucks. And and the fans, well, the problem, the problem is, is that the players all like it and the, and baseball likes it. It's only the fans that don't like it. And the fans like really don't like it. Well, we should count. We should get a vote. Come on. I know. Right. Like, I think that the majority of people, 
I should run a Twitter poll. I should run a Twitter poll of like, do you like the man, the Manfred man? And I'm willing <laughs> to bet it would be at least 80% no. Yes. Um, I know one or two people going to call out green man by name, Steve Schreiber. <clears throat> <clears throat> likes the rule for some reason but nobody almost nobody else does as far as the fans are concerned and to me the only way you can like compromise make it happen after the 13th inning or something yeah makes no sense just put it back god it's so detestable marlins game oh my god why is it always the marlins why is it always the marlins it was the Khalil Lee game. Janeshwi Fargus. Yep. <laughs> that yes. game. Yes. Well, that was just painful. It was painful. I mean, it was exciting, but it was also very painful. Yeah. I just, I hate it so much. It's the worst. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I know that like the reason why the league and the players like it is because the players hate when they play like a 19 inning game and then the team is trashed for a week. Like I get it, but I'm just like, from a fan perspective, why would you ever root for less baseball? Like, I just want more. Like, I don't mind extra inning games that go like, you know, 15, 16 innings. I think that's fun. (laughs) Yeah. But this isn't real baseball. Like, it just makes no sense. If you're not, if you hate, if you hate games that are too long, consider that you might not just, you might just not like baseball. Sorry. Baseball might not be for you. Like you don't want less of something you like. Like I want a five hour baseball game injected into my veins. (laughs) (laughs) I like position players pitching. I think it's funny. I do too. (laughs) Like, okay. Anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's, they're doing that and I'm pissed off about it. They're also, um, which they had said before, this is not a change. Unlike the, the runner, the runner's a change, but the, they're doing the, uh, the doubleheader is going to be nine innings, uh, whereas in the COVID season, they were seven innings. See, um, that I could actually get behind. because I, I know. I'd rather double. have the seven inning doubleheaders than yes. have the extra runner. I went to um, a doubleheader last year. And, you know, by the time, like in the second game, the fifth inning, you're like, oh, this is actually reasonable because it's going to be over in two more innings. But like, had it been like nine innings, it'd be like, oof. Still got a lot of baseball left, but you know, I because you know, especially it was a day game. It was June. It was it was hot, so that I can kind of see is the seven innings. Like if I had to, you know, make one change, that would be the one that I would keep because then yeah, again, you're blown for your bullpen. You probably need a spot starter for the second game, but probably won't last that long. And so that to me makes more sense because. What what are the more likely odds you get a rain out or you game that go or a game that goes 21 innings? Yeah, like, that's probably what I'm saying. the rain out. That's what I'm saying. Like all the arguments that apply to this like extra runner apply to the double header. Like why like if you're talking about like, oh, I hate the long games because it like it like screws up all our roster for a week. Like do- doesn't a nine inning double header do that? Yeah. Too? And you already had to schedule them because you canceled games like a dumbass. Right, right. I mean, like, I'm fine with nine inning doubleheaders because, like yeah. I said, anything that's more baseball is fine by me. But I just don't get, like, why they this why they did one thing and not the other thing. Like, that doesn't make sense to me because they're kind of both similar arguments for, like, less strain on the roster. Um, so I don't know. 
but it always threw me off like when they were bringing Edwin Diaz in the seventh inning, I'm like, it's the seventh inning. Why are you bringing your closer? I'm like, oh, right. Cause that's the, end of the, game. the last game, the last inning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it does. I mean, from the, the one thing that is annoying is that it does throw off all the like rate stats, like yeah. the, like K's per nine and all that stuff like that, yeah. or like some, or like whatever's per game. <laughs> like it does throw that off because there's just fewer innings played in a season. Um, when there are seven inning doubleheaders, uh, so you kind of have to like adjust the like rate stats for that. Um, but I, I don't know. I like, if I had my preference, I would have had nine inning doubleheaders and no, no, uh, Manfred man. But if I had to pick one or the other, I would a hundred percent go with the seven inning doubleheaders over the man. Yep. Same. Man. Yep. Um, but at least that's still baseball. Exactly. It's- Still played within the rules of baseball. Exactly. It's just fewer innings. It's the same yeah. game. The, like the, the man for man fundamentally like changes the rules of the game, mm-hmm. which I hate. I hate things that like, I don't know, to me, like the fundamental essence of baseball is that there's no clock. Yes. Um, and I hate things that like push back against that, that like, you know, try to shorten the game and like try to like hasten the end of the game. Like, I hate that. <laughs> like, they, I feel like not to make a hockey comparison, but to make a hockey comparison, it's like they have overtime and then you only get five minutes and then you go to a shootout. It's like, yeah. no, still play hockey. It is. It is like getting closer to ending the game in a shootout. It yes. really is getting closer to that. And everybody hates shoot like shootouts. Everybody, everybody <laughs> hates when hockey ends in a shootout. Everyone hates when soccer ends in penalty kicks. It's a yep. sucky way to end a game. Yeah, like you just played like a really exciting game, and then it comes down to like a goal, like just a, like a bloop, one guy, si- a bloop single, and then you win. Yeah, because the runner's already on second. Yeah, and yeah, it's and like you could win like the dumbest way possible. It's like the dumb NFL overtime rules, which are basically a coin toss. Mm-hmm. Like I hate that they're making it closer to like those like dumb overtime rules in other sports. Like everybody hates. That everybody hates. <laughs> I would legit rather they start letting games end in ties. Yeah. Than have this extra runner. Yeah, like, okay. So the Mets record is like, right now it would be like five, two, and one. Okay, sure. <laughs> like, obviously you have to have like extra innings. Like you'd have to have extra innings for the playoffs. Um, and that'd be fine. But like I legit would rather during the regular season them end the game in a tie than do this extra runner thing. I I hate it so much. I like detest it. But whatever. I'm gonna have to get used to it. Just like I'm gonna have to get used to the DH, which I also hate. Fine. Oh, so how do you feel like speaking of because to me this is the equivalent um of a shootout. Um extra innings in the all-star game being determined by a home run derby. That's fun to me because yeah. Like, I like that because the the all-star game doesn't count. So yeah, if the all-star game, like, cause the all-star game used to count for home field advantage in the world series, if it still counted for something, then that would be stupid. Yeah. Um, but (laughs) just keep sending Pete out there. (laughs) Right. But if, um, but if it, but since it doesn't count for anything, then I'm fine with whatever like weird shit they want to do in the all-star game. I don't care. Actually, actually I'm in favor, like make it as weird as possible. (laughs) <laughs> like could you just keep sending pete out there or do you have to like go through the whole rotation oh i don't know 
Yeah, I don't know what the rules are because like in hockey, in like in the United States, once you go, you're done. Like you get one chance to shoot it out and then like if you miss, you're done. But then in international play, you can keep sending the same guy over and over. Oh, interesting. TJ Oshie that time in the Olympics just kept scoring every time they sent him out. So I don't know what the rules are going to be. In soccer, for penalty kicks in soccer, has to be different people. Yeah. Taking all of them. You can't have so the like same if guy like, take it over and over. If you have, like, a slugger like Pete, like, that gives you an advantage, I would think. Although it's the All-Star game, so they're probably all sluggers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, was, I was about to say the American League would have Nelson Cruz, but actually Nelson Cruz is in the National League now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird. I honestly can't think of a slugger, Aaron Judge. <laughs> I don't know. Aaron Judge. Otani, uh, maybe. Yeah, Otani. Oh, Guerrero. Yeah, Guerrero. Yeah, it would probably be Vlad. So then it would just come down to Vlad and Pete again. Vlad against Pete. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, I, I'm for that. I'm in favor of that because the All-Star game is the time to do silly things because it doesn't really matter. And yeah, you're, the, like- the point is to like show your best stars on display and yes you know, do it, settling the game that way it would be a fun way to do that and i feel like the the all-star game has been missing that silliness like to me it's just gotten boring yeah like it needs like, to be like really really silly yeah like um you had who was it who batted backwards that one time and like he batted from his other side i forget who it was but then, like, and then, like, Tory Hunter robbed Barry Bonds, and then, like, he picked him up at second base. Like, they, they, like, they were out there having fun and being silly. Who was and it just... that, was it, was it Jesus Aguilar? Who was it that took, like, a selfie with the umpire? Oh, yes, that's right. During the game. During like, the that game. stuff. Like, inject that into my veins. That was fun. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't want you talking to Bryce Harper in the booth while the game is going on. Like, I want the players doing silly things themselves. Like, I don't want you forcing them to do something. I want to see the players being themselves in their element, relaxed and having fun. And not like, oh, so uh, what, do you, what do you think of, like... I don't know, whatever stupid question they asked Bryce Harper. But I'm like, and it's four. What's your favorite and- bubblegum flavor? <laughs> exactly. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, just let him, like, that's not, that's not showcasing your player because you're going to get this forced, stupid answer. But, oh, there was that one time, who was it? It was a spring training game. Like one of the players was mic'd up and he's like, oh, wait, that's coming my way. I got to go, fellas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was that oh, Mookie was Betts? Was that Mookie Betts? I thought it was Mookie Betts. Oh, maybe it was Betts. Yeah, like that's kind of fun too. Or like when the Mets were just mic'd up, they always go viral for like the most wholesome reasons. And uh, and Dom was like, can't hear you guys. <laughs> yes. That was so funny. That remains a class. Like, I was just Dom being Dom and like just like talking to like his, like he was telling McNeil, he was like, I can't hear you. Yep. Yep. And he kept talking over JD trying to talk. Yes. He couldn't hear anything. That was yes. Really like stuff like that. Like that's what I want. Just let the players be themselves and the rest will follow. You don't, you don't need all this like gimmicky stuff. There was, speaking of like showcasing the players, 
There was also kind of a discussion being had by actually both the radio booth the time that I was listening, which was Saturday, the first spring training game. I listened to Howie and Wayne on the radio because it wasn't on TV. And today during the TV broadcast, they talked about the same thing, which is that um, starting next year, um, every team is going to play every team. Uh, They're going to change the schedule so that there's going to be fewer in division games um, and the Mets are going to play every team at least once, but all the national league non-division opponents will be one series home, one series away. Like it has been the American league will only be one series per team, either home or away. Um, and of course, Howie being the, being kind of the, uh, crank that he is these days, uh, <laughs> it hates this. Um, and Gary Cohen was a little bit less cranky about it. Like how he was like, I hate this no schedule. <laughs> um, Gary was like, uh, Gary was more balanced about it. He was like, I, I think that it waters down the in-division rivalries, which I really love. And yeah. so like, I don't like this because, uh, the point of playing the division opponents more is that you're vying for a division crown. And so it makes the division rivalries more potent when you play each other a lot in like games that matter down the stretch. If you like, you know, the Mets are like a game and a half behind their behind the Braves and they still have two more series with the Braves left, you know, like that is that's a big thing that and that kind of like, you know, stokes these rivalries that are really fun in division. Um, but at the same time, you know, Baseball is moving toward the direction of trying, trying to market its players better. And part of that is getting the fans of every team to see all the players, you know, like yeah. I don't see Mike Trout play. No, I would like yeah. to see that. And then and I'm going to see that this year because the Mets are playing the AOS this year. So I'm going to see, get to see Trout and Otani because we're going to play the angels. So that's going to be really fun. So like, I think like I am more, I am in favor of the schedule change to play all the teams because I like getting to see all the players. I think, yeah, I, from that perspective, I like it too. Like I said, I want to see Mike Trout. Um, and I want to show, and on the opposite side, I like showing off Jake, like, haha. Like, yeah, like all the know. other fan bases, like, <laughs> you know, like how often do like Blue Jays fans watch Jacob deGrom, you know? Yeah, but um, my biggest fear is now with the Universal DH, now you're all playing each other. My biggest fear is that they're going to do a realignment and and they're going to get rid of the american and national leagues yeah and do yeah, like these divisions like like again like in hockey where you have different divisions like you do have like the east and west but then you have like divisions within them and so i have a feeling like it would be like the red Sox, the yankees the mets the phillies the orioles and the blue jays which yeah. would be an awful division to I, be in. yeah i i worry about that too uh i would if that's like if that's the outcome that it's trending toward, then I'm, then I wouldn't be happy. And like, I kind of do see that like the universal DH and like everybody playing, everybody is kind of trending toward getting rid of the American league and the national league altogether. And I don't want that. No. Um, Like, yeah. Like I hate the Yankees enough that we don't even, we're not in the same league. Like, can you imagine being in the same division as the Yankees, how insufferable that would be? It would just be, and it would just feel wrong. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like the, the, like the, the, um, and that's true across baseball. It's not just the Mets and the Yankees, although like New York is the, 
biggest city to have like the the biggest market that has like you know the two teams in it the one american league and the one national league team but that's not like the only city that's true for like you've got chicago that has the white Sox and the cubs and it would just be like so weird and wrong for them to be in like the same division with each other california teams california teams like i don't like that i like that like there's one um, for the big cities that have two teams there's one american league team and one national league team i think that that's like the like fun and the way to go yeah but like even like you know divisional kind like or regional kind of you know teams like the orioles and the nationals like they're in two different leagues yeah so i don't know and then like florida you got the marlins and you got the Rays. like a year you can have one of each it's fine (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's Although it's it, it was weird when I always thought it was it was weird when they made the the 15 teams in each league because then that necessitated interleague play every day. And it was yeah, weird because the Astros were the team that moved from the National League to the American League. And now it's like the Rangers and the Astros, the two Texas teams are both in the American League. Well, this is kind of how it all snowballed. It was that. So now you had the two leagues always having to play each other. So that was the first step. Now the second step was now we all got to have the universal DH because, you know, because you always, the American league had now had a better pitcher and they didn't have a DH and Oh God, the horror. And now the national league has an advantage and we face them all the time and we can't do this anymore. So let's just uniform it. So now there's no, so now everybody has the DH. So now what's the next step? Yeah. Like no more leagues. Yeah. And I just like, like I I think what's the difference the, between the leagues now? What's the point? Like, why do you need different leagues now? You kind of don't anymore, you don't. which I don't like. And like the, one of the, one of the things that I love about baseball is the, is the weirdness of it and the different yes. rules between the different leagues was one of the things I loved about it. Like I wasn't ever like I'm, I'm anti DH because I, I'm an, I'm a fan of a national league team. I grew up with national league baseball, but like, I always, I never, I never advocated for the American League getting rid of their DH. I always, I didn't want the two, I always wanted the two leagues to have different rules, to keep having different rules, because I thought that was fun and weird and, like, very different from other sports. And the same thing with, like, like, I I just don't like things that, like, make things uniform and sanitized, because, like, what's next? All the stadiums have to be the same dimensions, because, like, that's how it is in other sports. Mm -hmm. All the stadium, like, the field ice whatever is all are all the same dimensions and in baseball it's not and that's wacky and fun and different and I don't want that to be taken away and I feel like we're kind of just like trending more and more in that direction with like making the leagues exactly the same and like making everybody play each other and all that stuff yeah like it's just making everything uniform and you're taking away my wacky baseball and I like wacky baseball I know I'm kind of just like I'm in favor of the playing other teams more because I like to see all the teams and all the fun players that I don't usually get to see every year so I am in favor of it for that reason but if it is kind of like a um a slippery slope then I'm against it (laughs) if it's contributing (laughs) to the slippery slope of eliminating the American League and the National League then I am against it yeah, we'll put a big asterisk on that one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're not um, cranks like Howie, to be clear. We're not cranks. No. Um, I'll be a crank about the runner on second for as long yes. as I live, though. If that makes me a crank, then so be it. Um, <laughs> I will wear that mantle. Oh, I will, I will. Um, 
other baseball news that is less pleasant to talk about. Um, So uh, Trevor Bauer's administrative leave keeps getting extended while baseball continues to ruminate on its decision whether to suspend him, which I don't know what there is to ruminate on at this point. They know all they need to know. Um, But it's like it's like it happened last like it's like what happened last season where they just keep like saying, oh, he's on administrative leave for another week. Oh, he's on administrative leave for another week. And they just keep doing that without like actually making a decision. I don't know. Maybe they'll make a decision before the season actually starts. Who can say? Um, but in the meantime, um, the first sort of little tiny hint slash indicator about like what the where the Dodgers are on this sort of came out where uh Dodgers manager Dave Roberts said recently that he plans not to have Bauer for the foreseeable future quote if ever again end quote which sort of hints what might be coming um either like whether that be in the form of a lengthy suspension for Major League Baseball or like absent that the Dodgers just cutting him yeah, you can. They do have that option. They can. Um, you know, uh, Bauer actually had an opt out in his contract after last season, which I'm sure like he didn't exercise because, <laughs> well, A, there was a lockout and I'm not even sure he could have if he wanted to. Um, and B, you know, he's not going to opt out because he has nowhere else to go. Um, so, you know, that's where that stands. He's still sort of in limbo from a from a like, you know, roster standpoint. Um, of course, though, um, he emerged out of his hidey hole to tweet about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> and he made a really disgusting tweet about it that I'm not going to read. But it basically yeah. was a congratulatory tweet when Deshaun Watson got his contract from the Browns um for those of you who don't know who who are like me and don't follow other sports besides baseball um but I know about this because I have um family members and a significant other who follow other sports um Deshaun Watson is an abuser who has been accused by 22 women I think it is it's like he's like a lot of accusers and Um, there's a bunch of civil suits too a bunch of civil suits against him um you know so he's an abuser who kind of you know didn't the the league as far as i know didn't take action against him like didn't it investigate and just like didn't do anything to him pretty much yeah yeah so like that's it's kind of like if baseball doesn't suspend bauer it's kind of the same thing like they investigated and well they're good they're still like it's ongoing because of the civil suits so there's still a chance he might not play this year but it's the nfl so i'm not helping out the NFL doesn't care. Um, and you know, the, um, team he was on wanted to trade him and then, and a bunch of teams, like there were a bunch of suitors and ultimately the Browns traded for him. And not only was that terrible on its face because they traded for an abuser, it it brings back, you know, it brings back memories of the Osuna trade where they sort of like traded for an abuser on purpose. Um, And not only that, but they like pissed off their other quarterback that they already had on their team that they had drafted, um, who now is, who now wants to trade off the Browns. So it's like a whole like mess. Um, but yeah, so speaking of didn't like, there was that whole uproar that the Astros benefited from a domestic assault case, basically like, yes. They took advantage of it. And then everybody was like, don't worry, this won't happen again. We'll make sure there'll be a rule change. 
And Where was that? How many years later are we? Yeah. Where's that rule change? Yeah, still, still waiting on that rule change, Manfred. Yeah, we don't have that around. Uh, I mean, there hasn't been as high profile a trade like that since the Osuna trade, but it feels like it's only a matter of time. I do. Um, I mean, like, you know, there's there was Chapman as well, obviously. Um, Well, and um, uh, the other, I don't want to call him the other Ozuna, but Marcel Ozuna. Ozuna with a Z versus Ozuna with an S. Um, But yeah, so anyway um this horrible abuser got traded for and got extended by the way um like they traded like a bunch of draft picks for him and paid him a lot of money because he's you know because he's good at football because he's a really good quarterback um and so they just that trumps everything else obviously um and so you know trevor bauer who got his own bag um congratulated Deshaun Watson on his contract and was like, you know, truth will prevail and all that stuff. Like, Oh my God, disgusting. Um, because it's a brotherhood and all these assholes protect each other. Yep. And they know they can get away with it. Like it's the same in every sport. The culture is the same in every sport. Yep. Literally like the, the tweet, I can't remember whether, no, it was the tweet that Deshaun Watson made the tweet that Deshaun Watson made about like, you know, Oh, oh, like, uh, like being happy about his contract was retweeted by, um, by Trevor Bauer and by, Oh my God, why am I having a moment right now? And I can't remember his name. OJ Simpson. Oh, well, OJ Simpson. That's not who I was thinking of, but the, the, Oh, Kyle Rittenhouse Oh God. and Kyle Rittenhouse. Those were the, that was the trifecta of, retweets the the so we've got deshaun watson trevor bauer kyle rittenhouse and oj simpson the four horsemen of the we've been wronged and canceled apocalypse it's just the dregs of a society the worst um so yeah these people all consider themselves like part of this like brotherhood who's been like wrongfully maligned by cancer they were canceled or whatever despite like being paid millions of dollars (laughs) cancel culture doesn't exist people it really doesn't speaking of cancel culture doesn't exist and the brotherhood you've got another example albeit a way less high profile example and not an athlete but um kevin goldstein which may be a familiar name to you folks who listen to this podcast has accepted a special assistant to the gm position for the twins um mm-hmm. and this was met with like much celebration and accolades from you know folks on baseball and baseball twitter the very same folks who you know are very quick to decry people like trevor bauer and deshaun watson right but yeah. oh no no no! When it's one of the guys in the front office, one of the nerds who you loved, who you loved his writing, who helped orchestrate the Osuna trade, or was in the front office, he, I'm sure he didn't like. He wasn't the one writing down the particulars, right? He was head of scouting during his time with the Astros, but he was a high-ranking executive in that Astros front office that took that did the Osuna trade, knowing full well that they were taking advantage of a situation where a player had a domestic violence accusation against him. And, you know, he, he said when he was first brought on at Fangraphs, he said like, Oh, I, he made a big show of being like, Oh, I was really uncomfortable with the mm-hmm. trade. Not enough to leave. No, nope. not you enough still, to walk away. Yep. You still collected your paycheck there. Didn't you buddy? 
still benefited from it. Mm-hmm. Um, still won a World Series, didn't you? And then he finally did leave after, you know, his association with the cheating scandal of which he was one of the central names. Now he was not one of, as he would be quick to point out. He was not one of the people officially punished for this in any way by baseball, unlike Hinch and Cora and those folks and Lunau, but he was, he was intimately involved and there are receipts for this. It's not just hearsay. He was intimately involved in this. Um, so he did leave the front office after that. He called it Astro Stink as if it like wasn't his own fault. Um, <laughs> if the Astro yeah, Stink me. on me. Um, but of course, you know, because cancel culture is not real, he was brought on by Fangraphs to, for a cushy writing job. Um, he did that for a year to rehab his image. And now he has jumped back to the team side the first chance he's gotten. And no one cared and everyone moved on. <laughs> The usual well, stuff. Like I'm not. I don't. I, I don't mean to compare him to Jonah Carey, but this is how that culture just gets permeated, right? Like this is how they operate. Like because every who everybody was all friends with Jonah Carey, were oh god, they, they were shocked that he would do something. But when women were, but you could, could have talked to any woman, and they said no, the signs were all there, like. You're just helping Peru. Like the, the culture is never going to change because like you said, as soon as it's your friend, everybody turns a blind eye. Right. Exactly. He, Kevin Goldstein is very well liked in baseball. And like, again, you know, this is not personal. I, I am sure Kevin Goldstein's very good at his job. And by all accounts from people that I, whose opinion I respect, he's very good baseball. And I was very good um, podcaster, etc. And I'm not, I'm not disputing any of that, but, and, and obviously his crimes are not as, as heinous as, you know, these, as these abusers and, you know, these sexual harassers that we're often talking about when we talk about front offices, it's, it's the enabling of the culture and giving guys like that a chance to just like, you know, take a year off, rehab their image, emerge again, and they get the first job that they're offered. Like, seeing these same straight white dudes as Mm -hmm. indispensable when there are so many other people, women, LGBTQ folks, people of color, you know, who, who, who's are not represented at all in baseball front offices. Instead, it's just these same guys. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And you know, there are the, like, it shouldn't be a shock when a woman gets hired and we're like, we've talked about that before. Like there's always that seed of doubt now in your mind. Like, is this just for show? Like why, why isn't a woman the norm? And why don't they get the same second chances that these dudes do? Like they can fail spectacularly and be rehired within a year. Like Mickey Calloway got another job. Like, I don't understand why why we're not given the same benefit of the doubt that like a generic white dude is no matter what, what crimes he commits, no matter, you know, what he's involved in. It's just, it's just the same. And the, the culture is just not going to change no matter how women, how many women you hire or prop up or, you know, flaunt out there. Like, yes, I'm so happy the Mets hired Elizabeth Ben. So, so happy. But you know, at the end of the day, you're still hiring Goldstein too. 
Right. So what, what did we accomplish here? Exactly. And it's like he made this big show of how uncomfortable he was with the Osuna trade and all, all of that stuff. And it's like, all of that is so clearly eyewash. If you're just going to hop back to the team side, the first chance you get, like he was just biding his time. Mm-hmm. Clearly he wasn't un- as uh, uncomfortable enough with the culture to step aside and let someone else change it. Someone with a, you know, a more broad perspective that is not the same as everybody else's in every front office. So, like, doesn't mean anything when you say stuff like that. I don't believe you. No. Like, I don't know. Like, I, it's not exactly the same parallel, but, like, I left academia in part because I was uncomfortable with the culture there. And I've not gone back. Like, I'm just, like, I'm out. Like, I don't, I don't like the way this is. And I'm not going to put up with it. Well, and how do I know if the same situation arises, he's not going to jump on it? Exactly. Like, has he learned his lesson? Is he really that heartbroken over the awful situation he put himself in? Right. I don't know. Uh, Maybe he'll invent new and better ways to cheat with the twins. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. I know, like... then if the twins win, uh, what, what punishment will they get? Like, if he does cheat with the twins. Yeah. Oh, they'll lose a draft pick. The horror. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, unlike a lot of other people, Jared Porter, et cetera, people we've talked about on this podcast, like Kevin Goldstein is really well liked among like the baseball nerd section of Twitter that we inhabit. So like, I'm sure I'm going to get a nasty gram about this from someone, but hate to say it. I don't really care. Sorry. (laughs) I know it's your friend, but things are still bad when you're, you can't take the like stance of like this stuff is bad until it's someone you like that does it. Well, what does Dumbledore tell, tell Neville? It's hard, um, like standing. It takes oh yeah. Yeah. It's your enemies, but far yeah. more courage to stand up to your friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It takes a great deal of courage to stand up to your enemies. It takes a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Yeah. So. We'll leave it at that. Um, but you know, we will end the show this week, uh, with happy things (laughs) as we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise, Linda, what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, I I had a better week, but I still didn't really have a walk-off win until Anthony DeComo tweeted an hour ago. (laughs) Oh, actually there's, there's two things. You tweeted an hour ago, attention, we have kitten news. <laughs> and apparently, oh, yes. <laughs> Josh, Josh Walker <laughs> felt like a, a, a homeless kitten um, found its way into Josh Walker's car. Oh, my and God. He, yeah, he, he approached his car and he heard me meowing. <laughs> I was like, huh, that shouldn't be there. <laughs> so he opened, he opened the the uh the hood and there was a kitten in his car and um he took it to the vet he got it his sh- all its shots and he decided to adopt the kitten and name it metro for the metropolitans oh my god amazing i so love there's it there's a picture of him holding this little black and white kitten <laughs> because <laughs> he said he loves cats he's always had cats so he said he's taking this as a good omen 
that he found a cat in his car during spring training. So that was number one. And then number two is the Mets getting a team dog. Yes. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure this goes back to the New York Rangers getting a dog. So I don't know who, who I don't remember it ever happening before that. They're like one day they were awful. Um, so they're like, Hey, we're going to adopt this team dog and train it to be a service dog. And then everybody in hockey, like every team in hockey just decided to follow suit because you know, you can distract angry fans with like, be like, Oh wait, puppy can't get mad with a puppy in town. And it worked. Um, so like every hockey team has a therapy dog that they're training and then the, the dogs get adopted out and it's all very sweet. And then every other team got a new dog, except for the Rangers after they all got adopted, but that's my gripe with them. Um, oh my God, the Kraken, the Kraken have a team dog named Davy Jones. So cute. I I, he has his own jersey. Oh my God, he's a little husky. Oh my God. So we've been begging, us Ranger fans have been begging, begging the Mets to get a team dog. Because, like you said, like, you know, if the Mets are getting schlacked 10 to 1, but then they show a puppy on the screen, all of a sudden your day is that much better. So yeah, exactly. It's a genius marketing move that they that they should have done. So they finally adopted a team puppy. That's I think it's going to end up being like a, a, a service dog for vets, I think. Yes. Yeah. Vets, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you get to vote on the name. Yeah. So the, I, I voted for Shay. Same. Yeah, it has to be Shay. I mean, my cat's name is Madison Shay Gatto. Like, Shay is just too perfect. So, and that was in the lead, I think, too. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was like winning by a good margin the last time I checked when whatever the team win. I think it's a yellow lab. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, he looks like a yellow lab. So I was like, yay, we finally got a puppy. He's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, I hope he's at games. I want to pet the puppy. Uh, I just looked up the photo of this kitten and it, holy crap, it's so tiny. Like, I it, told you. I know that I know that baseball players are like large men, but it fits in his hand. Yes. I forget how old they said he was because they said he wasn't chipped. So they think he was just a stray. Maybe eight to 10 months old. It's Yeah, he's so little. Like, oh my God, Metro. because he was talking to his teammates and trevor may who we all know has donnie convinced him to take the cat oh my god so cute trevor may is also a cat lover which we love about trevor may yes so yeah so now we have team pets (laughs) now i'm thinking about the story of how donnie was lost because they thought he got out but then he was just hiding in the drywall in his house oh my god how did that even happen i don't know Poor Donnie. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was just chilling in the drywall. I was like, what? Sir, please explain. And he didn't say anything like, hello, I'm in the wall. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was Donnie. crazy. That was Everybody one of the crazier so lockout stories. Yeah. I was so worried about Donnie. I'm like, what are they going to do? He ran away. I know. I was like, oh, they can't find Donnie. Yeah, I'm like, I'm about to go to a Seattle and help him do a door-to-door search to find Donnie. <laughs> Literally in the wall. <laughs> Cats are wild, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
my walk-off win happened literally like 10 minutes before we started recording. Um, <laughs> I got a an email notification that I had a package. So I ran downstairs and got it. And it was my Scherzer jersey. Yes. Yeah. Um, I the finally- drama has ended. <laughs> I know. You guys were all in on my drama with the Mets team store last week when I talked about it, about how I kept like- getting the runaround from the Mets team store. Like they were like, you can call us to order it. We'll ship it to you. Great. I like call them. They don't pick up. I emailed. They were like, great. Sounds good. We have them in stock. Call to order. I call. They don't pick up. I call multiple <laughs> times. They don't pick up. And I was like, oh my God, it took me like two days to finally get through. And they were like, yep, we can get that for you. And I was like, yay. And so it finally arrived today and I'm so excited. I can't wait to wear it. Uh, on April 8th to Nats Park because I have the tickets for that game. So oh, please take like the most obnoxious pictures. Oh my God, I will. I'm, yes. I'm a, so I already know my outfit is going to be my, my Scherzer jersey, but, but I'm going to wear it open and underneath I'm going to wear my Manfred Sucks t-shirt. Okay. Excellent. Excellent choice. Yep. That's a hundred percent what's happening. Um, and I can't wait to watch Max Scherzer's Mets debut at Nationals Park in DC. I'm so excited, ready to go. So that's my walk off win. I, um, yeah, I just need all the pictures. I will take an obnoxious number. <laughs> I, I definitely will. Um, but while you're waiting for opening day, you can go to amazingavenue.com. We have tons of fantastic content for you. We have our season preview series that's going. We're previewing each player on the roster. Um, and you can check out, we have threads going up for the spring training games, uh, especially the ones that are televised. So you can come chat about the game with us, um, all of that stuff. Um, you can follow amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at amazing Avenue. You can follow the show on Twitter at a pot of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. You can subscribe to the podcast, Amazing Avenue Audio, wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting. Podcasting.